Hello and welcome to episode 423 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Friday, January 27th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us begin with the Friday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain love towards her and Jesus Christ by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Mary, I already know that thou art the most noble, the most sublime, the most pure, the most beautiful, the most benign, the most holy, in a word, the most amiable of all creatures. O that all knew thee, my lady, and love thee as thou dost merit. But I am consoled when I remember that in heaven and on earth there are so many happy souls who live enamored of thy goodness and beauty. Above all, I rejoice that God himself loves thee alone more than he loves all men and angels together. My most amiable queen, I, a miserable sinner, love thee also, but I love thee too little. I desire a greater and more tender love towards thee. And this thou must obtain for me, since to love thee is a great mark of predestination and a grace which God only grants to those whom he will save. I see also, my mother, that I am indeed under great obligations to thy son. I see that he merits infinite love. Thou who desirest nothing else but to see him loved hast to obtain me this grace above all others. Obtain me great love for Jesus Christ. Thou obtainest all that thou willest from God. Ah, then be graciously pleased to obtain me the grace to be so united to the divine will that I may never more be separated from it. I do not ask of thee earthly goods, honors, or riches. I ask thee for that which thy heart desires most for me. I wish to love my God. Is it possible that thou refusest to second this, my desire, which is so pleasing to thee? Ah, no, thou already helpest me. Already thou prayest for me. Pray, pray, and cease not to pray until thou seest me safe in heaven, beyond the possibility of evermore losing my Lord and certain to love him forever together with thee, my dearest mother. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. My friends, it came up the other day in the concluding words from the otherwise excellent website, Sister Lucy Truth, which I think demonstrates convincingly that there was a fake Sister Lucy, an imposter Sister Lucy, certainly the the woman presented to the public in 1967 and thereafter was not the same woman um, who was at Fatima in 1917 with her cousins and who thereafter during interviews was... Um, they were obviously two different people and they did a great job presenting that evidence. But there was some mention of sedificantism and it seems like some folks associated with the website might be in favor of sedificantism. I came across a wonderful website um, called On the Contrary, available at onthecontrarynewsletter.substack.com. Mr. Kennedy Hall was speaking about this website on Dr. Marshall's show the other day, and it is a treasure trove of wonderful information. And I found this dated September 27th, 2021, entitled A Short Refutation of Sedevacantism. This is why sedevacantism is wrong. I think it 
lays out the case quite convincingly. And we are to never stray into Sedevacantism. So I wanted to share this with you. On the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, you know, we've discussed a number of different topics. The The thrust of it, of course, is Our Lady of Fatima and the message that we all need to repent and believe in the gospel and getting the, the full Fatima message out there, um, talking about the consecration, talking about, which is a controversial subject in and of itself. And sometimes I'm not 100% sure what to believe, but the message of the five first Saturdays devotion, the importance of praying the rosary. But we like to touch on other subjects as well. And, and this is very important. So once again, it's entitled a short refutation of set of available at on the contrary newsletter dot substack dot com. And this individual, this guy or gal, um, as far as I know is anonymous at this point, but he or she, um, is obviously very intelligent. I've read several of the um, articles that he's posted and uh, it's, it's good stuff. So give it a look. He begins by saying, given the current crisis in the church, there is no surprise that set of which claims that there has been no Pope since the death of Pius XII in 1958 has become an attractive theory for many Catholics troubled by the role the conciliar and post-conciliar pontiffs have played in bringing about this situation. One certainly cannot fault those who, upon seeing the damage unfold before their eyes in the aftermath of the Second Vatican Council, genuinely question whether the apparent Pope was truly who he claimed to be. Whoever valid said of Acantism as a theory may have been at the time, After what has occurred throughout this supposed interregnum period, it must be concluded that not only is it impossible today, it is, or excuse me, that not not only is it improbable today, it is impossible because its logical implications deny the visibility, authority, apostolicity, and indefectibility of the church. The church is a perfect society established by our Lord to continue his work of redemption for all time, for the salvation of souls. All members of the church profess the faith of Christ, partake of the same sacraments, and are governed by their lawful pastors under one visible head. That's from the Baltimore Catechism, question 489. The visibility of the church is necessary because it would be illogical and unjust for our Lord to command us to obey a church outside of whom there is no salvation, who could not be seen and known. That from question 513 from the Baltimore Catechism. The visibility of the church is made manifest by her visible hierarchy, exercising its authority in a distinctly visible manner through two powers, orders and jurisdiction. The power of orders grants ministerial authority, while the power of jurisdiction grants the authority of teaching and governing. Ordinary jurisdiction was established by divine institution and cannot be abrogated by the church. And here he cites uh, the 1917 Code of Canon Law. As every visible society needs public authority to make laws, decide cases, and apply punishments, delegated, and supply jurisdiction, the latter of which is legitimately exercised by traditional bishops and priests during the current crisis in the church, are by their very nature dependent upon the existence of ordinary jurisdiction. 
Those with delegated jurisdiction do not act in their own name, but in the name of the one who delegates. He cites Canon 197. And supplied jurisdiction is simply a tacit delegation in response to certain circumstances. If the church is visible, then it must be possible to, without doubt, identify her as professed in the Nicene Creed. She is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. The apostolicity of the church exists not only because she was founded upon the apostles and continues to teach what was transmitted by them, but also because she is governed by their successors. Now, the power of governance can only be exercised by one who has jurisdiction, and this jurisdiction must be attached to a certain office so that the office holder may oversee a particular territory. It follows that the apostolicity of the church is dependent not only upon the existence of validly consecrated bishops, but bishops who hold ecclesiastical office and the jurisdiction attached to those offices. The First Vatican Council, in the First Dogmatic Constitution on the Church of Christ, refers to that ordinary and immediate power of Episcopal jurisdiction, by which bishops have succeeded to the place of the apostles, and declares that just as our Lord sent the apostles, in like manner it was his will that in his church there should be shepherds and teachers until the end of time. To be truly shepherds and teachers, pastores et doctores, bishops require ordinary jurisdiction. The use of supplied jurisdiction during times of emergency notwithstanding, as only office holders engage in the power of governance. Thus, there must be bishops who possess ordinary jurisdiction until the end of time, lest the church lose her visibility, teaching and governing authority, and apostolicity. Our Lord established a visible and apostolic church with such authority, so the occurrence of such an event would destroy indefectibility as well. If it were true that Pius XII was the last valid pope, then a problem arises. The last bishop appointed by him on 11 February 1958, Bishop Bernardino Panera Carvalho, passed away on 21 June 2020. While bishops can still be validly consecrated during an interregnum period and thus be endowed with the fullness of the power of orders, they cannot possess ordinary jurisdiction unless they are appointed by the pope since jurisdiction passes to bishops only through the Roman pontiff. See Pius XII ad apostolorum principis, number 39. Since the summer of 2020, all bishops who claim to possess ordinary jurisdiction were appointed by John XXIII or subsequent, putative, as a set of acantists would claim, pontiffs, which would entail the disappearance of the entire ecclesia docens and thereby the destruction of the church altogether, who will not have remained as Christ established her. The implications of the set of Acantus thesis, which deny the visibility, authority, apostolicity, and indefectibility of the church, indicate that there is no longer any church at all. Further, it is inherently contradictory, and in adhering to it, set of Acantus clergy deprive themselves of all authority. Without a church, they cannot argue that supplied jurisdiction renders their ministry legitimate. While Sedevacantism was certainly a valid theory when it was first proposed, before ordinary jurisdiction would have allegedly disappeared, the passage of time has demonstrated that it is untenable. Thus, while the theory itself is not heretical, it is suspect of heresy and at least erroneous. 
Some set of acantists have proposed that due to common error, the conciliar and post-conciliar pontiffs, while not truly popes, possess supplied jurisdiction while making episcopal appointments, thus allowing the ecclesia docens to continue even during such an extended set of vacante. However, this view is flawed in such a way as to utterly refute the entire set of Acantus thesis to begin with. Common error is simply not applicable in the case of notorious public heresy, the crime which these popes are allegedly guilty of. If they were not notorious heretics, thus allowing for the application of supplied jurisdiction in the case of common error, then set of Acantism becomes dead on arrival. If those popes were notorious heretics and thus not true popes, then the only logical consequence is that the Ecclesia docens has disappeared, altering the very constitution of the church. One cannot have one's cake and eat it too. If a theory is not conformable to external reality, it would still be a little less absurd if it were at least internally consistent. Yet, Sedevacantism fails even this latter test. It is not only an overreaction to the current crisis, but also a desperate final attempt to deny its gravity. Certainly, it is less difficult to believe that the Pope cannot spread error throughout the Church, and that consequently the conciliar and post-conciliar popes cannot be valid. However, it does the Church no good to deny simple reality. The tree is rotting from within, but Sedevacantus seem to prefer uprooting the entire tree over attempting to salvage its life. So ends the blog post thought it was a good one and I wanted to share it with you. Stay with the Catholic Church, my friends. We are going through very difficult times, tremendously difficult times, obviously, but you are here at this time for a reason. Sometimes I used to think, oh, wouldn't it be great if I'd been born back in the 1700s or the 1800s and lived in a society where everyone who was Catholic actually believed what the Catholic Church teaches, but that's the wrong mindset to be in, and I've disabused myself of that. I was born at exactly the time the Lord wanted me to be born. So were you. We're living in precisely the time the Lord wants us to be in. We are called to repent and believe in the gospel right here, right now, in the year 2023, as I'm speaking to you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The truths of Holy Mother Church do not change. And no matter what your parish priest says, no matter what your local bishop says, okay, the teachings of the church are unalterable because our Lord is unalterable. So you hold fast to what the church teaches. Read good catechisms like the Catechism of the Council of Trent, the Baltimore Catechism, the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X. Attend the traditional Latin Mass or Divine Liturgy. And remember, the Society of St. Pius X is not in schism. Their priests are not heretics. You can certainly fulfill your Sunday obligation and your obligations on Holy Days by attending a Society of St. Pius X chapel. And some of the best homilies that I've heard have been at Society of St. Pius X chapels. Hold fast to the one true faith. Don't uh, become a Protestant. Protestants are heretics. Don't become Orthodox. The Orthodox are schismatics. Don't go straight into Sedevacantism. 
that theory makes no sense, as we've just discussed. Stay with Holy Mother Church. The Catholic Church is the bride of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to be a part of it. Let us conclude, my friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, located on the web at halo-soma.org, as well as episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interview my sister and one of my magnificent nieces about RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a System of Communication for non-speakers, just as Braille was a revolutionary breakthrough for the blind. And they're being able to read, just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf and helping them to communicate. So has rapid prompting method been a revolutionary breakthrough for communication for non-speakers. Communication is a human right. And to find out more about RPM, Listen to that episode 277 and check out that website, halo-soma.org. Let us pray for help and for healing for all non-speakers and for their families. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail, Joseph the Just, wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. And now the three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady of Fatima's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicudera in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Joseph, teradaimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancto Raphael Archangeli, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 423 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. Most importantly, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. They need your help desperately. Goodbye and God love you.